0: Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross-Culture Church in Houston, Texas. There are a lot of scriptures in the Word of God that describe what I believe, or they give us, how should I say this? They give us an understanding of where God is going, of what's happening in the earth on a macro viewpoint where we can see the big picture and it helps us begin to recognize within that big picture what God's doing now and where we must be going. I'll read a couple of these, and I, and I hope this will get into your heart because I believe a, a, the wrong narrative has come into the church world over the last few decades where we see ourselves as more defeated as we don't have the power to change lives and to bring God into society and to bring the uh, presence of God into society. You know, anybody could give a testimony of, oh, I went to my workplace and there was evil going on there. You know, I work on the ninth floor of whatever, whatever. And so this was happening there. And I began to pray about that. And this was happening over there. and And within a year, boom, this happened. And that got completely broken up. And man, people began to be saved. And they quit doing this and this and this. There. And then that evil that was happening over there, man, look what happened. But I got there and I began to pray. Now, any of us would go, wow, yeah, that's the kind of thing that God wants to do. That that can happen. But if we begin to talk about that happening on a grand scale, where that begins to be our viewpoint that wherever we go, we're going to take the kingdom, then we begin to think, oh no, now darkness is gonna increase. You see, we begin to already begin to have some kind of negative mentality about Expanding the kingdom. And I believe that needs to change. Yes, there's going to be opposition. Yes, there are going to be difficulties. And yes, there'll even be martyrdoms in the earth. You know, we don't need to run away from those things. We don't need to be afraid of those things. And what we do need to be is full of faith, recognizing that we have been empowered and the power within us is greater than the power that's in the world. And the light in us is greater than the darkness that we're looking at all around. So many people, oh, look at the darkness. Oh, things are getting worse. Things are getting worse. Well, I guess the church just, it doesn't exist anymore. I guess the light doesn't have any more power anymore, right? Well, see, you know that's not true, but we act like it's true. Subconsciously, some of us think that's true. Let me just mention some scriptures here. Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. For unto us... A child is born, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. No end to what? No end to increase, growth, expansion expansion of the kingdom of God, of the power of God being released, of darkness being broken and expelled because the light will never go forth into the earth anywhere unless in that place darkness is being broken because darkness is what is here naturally. Darkness fills the earth, but guess what? God says, but you're the light. You are the light. So there's another verse. Isaiah 60, 1 through 3, arise, shine, because your lights come. The glory of the Lord rises on you. For behold, darkness covers the earth. I believe that's right now. And thick darkness is over the peoples of the earth. I believe that is a very accurate and clear depiction and illustration of where the earth is right now. There is deep darkness in the earth. You look at the things that are being said today. It's the most ridiculous things that are stated by some of the most honored people in our society. The most ridiculous that only someone with a darkened mind could say. I've shared those many times. I mean, it's so obvious. Something that in the past, not even a very young child would even think things like that. But today, our most educated do. Why? Because it's not a matter of education. It's darkness of mind that has brought this about. And we see that in this hour, there is a deep darkness over minds. There's a deep darkness over souls. There are lies that are being propagated every day, whether it's about sexuality. It's almost everything that's a major topic today has darkness In it's narrative. There are dark things that are being taught us that are being propagated, you see. And God's talking about this kind of thing. Behold, darkness covers the earth. He's not talking about physical darkness. He's talking about spiritual darkness. He's talking about darkness over people's hearts and minds. He's talking about people being blind and not being able to see clearly in life. And he goes, But the Lord is going to rise upon you, and his glory is going to appear upon you. Let me ask you this. When is the glory and the light going to appear on you? It's going to appear when there's great darkness in the earth. That means now, when it's the darkest out, God is wanting you to Get your mind lined up right. And he says, okay, there's darkness. I want you to be aware. It's going to get dark. Look how dark it is. But this is what you need to key in on here. But the light of God is coming upon you. Now, I think sometimes Christians read that verse and they go, oh, okay, so there's darkness. And then over here, there's Christians, there's light. I don't think that's what God intended. I think what he's saying is, there's darkness over all the earth. And poop, I'm putting my light in the midst of that darkness so that those that are in darkness might be saved. You see, there's darkness everywhere in our nation. There are lies. There are so many kinds of darkness. And it's been trying to encroach and come into the church even. And I would say there are many churches that are no longer probably considered churches by God, not his churches. But anyway, you see, what God says is, my intention when it's the darkest is I am going to raise up my people. I am going to pour out my spirit. They are going to show forth my glory in the middle of the darkest times and the nation's People from all over are going to see the light. They're going to wake up. They're going to come out of darkness and into the light. You see, I want you to begin to get this vision. There's darkness. Don't just bemoan that fact. Go to the next step and go, Yes, but the glory of the Lord is upon us. And it's coming, and it's going to increase, and it's going to be amazing because the light that God has is a lot stronger than any darkness that's here. As we carry that light, people are going to see it, and it's going to break the power of that darkness off of their minds. I'm excited about that. Isaiah 9-2 says this, The people that are walking in darkness shall see a great light. You know, who is that light, by the way? Jesus said, we are that light now. The people in darkness are going to see a great light. And guess what they're going to do? They're going to respond. Many of them are going to come out because they're going to go, I see now. I was blind, but now I see. That light's the hope of the world. And I just want to declare to you today, it's time to rise and shine. And you see, you need to get out of the last season that you have not understood, the season which was just sowing, 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 You need to get out of that because all that was was a preparation for reaping. That's a preparation for the harvest season that's coming into your life and into the church world. Many have laid down their lives. Many have lived for years and years sowing unto God. God is going to bring a great reaping. And I would declare to you, if you're just coming to the Lord, you're coming in a good place because you're going to be able to enter in to the sacrifice that many other people have made over the years. They've gone before you made a way so that you might know Him, so that the light would come to you, so that you'd see the truth and come out of the darkness that's in this world. Now let me just... Ask you to think about this, those of you who maybe are on the fence about God and whether you should go forward or maybe you've not given in wholeheartedly. Can you not look around and realize that something's not right? Can you not see that this whole machine of this world is full of deception and darkness and evil? If you have given in to any of the lust that this world is telling you just to, oh, do this, does it feel good? Do it. Oh, do you have those kind of urgings? Well, just do it oh, we want to validate that in you. If that's been you, are you more fulfilled now? Are you able to say, hey, oh, this is just wonderful? Or is there still something on the inside of you going, there is something more. Every time I try to get fulfilled in anything that this world is telling me I should do, and I try to get involved in this cause and that cause, there's just still something more that I know that's there. Let me just tell you, god is the only way for you to be fulfilled you need to connect your life to god you need to pull away from the darkness you need to pull away from the lies maybe they're in your system they're in your flesh they drive you now and i just want to say to you god will deliver you from whatever has come in if you will turn to god and ask him with sincerity god help me out i got myself in trouble I yielded to the darkness. I yielded to what's in this world. But God, help me. I tell you, God will certainly help you. And he will not turn you away if you'll ask him with all of your heart. Another verse that I'll read here is in Luke chapter 19. No, I'll just mention it in Luke chapter 19. Jesus says this to his people. He says, occupy till I come. You've probably heard that verse before. What does that word occupy mean? That word occupy means not just possess, but to improve and to employ in business for the purpose of increasing. So to take dominion of, to occupy, to bring increase, to bring fruitfulness. And the context in the verse where it's written is, it could be said this way. To occupy means to use what we have been given, promises, power, gifts, faith. Prayer, influence, resources, talents, whatever we've been given by God, use it and bring increase to God and aid in the expansion and increase of his government. It's increasing. You remember that verse we read at the beginning? His government is increasing in the earth. And he says, occupy till I come. He's saying, take what I've given you, use it for the kingdom's sake and bring increase with it. Use it where you are, and bring increase till I come. I love that. Now, when I think of the word occupy in biblical terms, it makes me think about the call that was on the Israelites in the Old Testament. They were to occupy the promised land, right? How did they occupy the promised land? They had to drive out the enemy, and they had to increase the domain and influence of the kingdom they had to drive out the enemy and they had to increase the influence of the kingdom if you look at israel in the old testament what they went through paul says in the new testament look those are illustrations for us for today what they did is to teach us today what they did even in the natural shows us things not only in the natural things but for spiritual things as i as i commented on earlier So I want to mention a couple of those things and apply them to where we are right now and what I've been talking about today. First of all, he talks about going to the promised land. We talk about going to the promised land in the church, don't we? A lot of people think that's heaven. Oh, that's the promised land. Well, are there giants in heaven to fight? No, I don't think so. I surely will be surprised if I get there and find that we have giants to fight there. There are giants to fight here. So the promised land is for here and now. It's not heaven. It's a place to to fight. It's a place to defeat giants. It's a place to displace the enemy. It's a place to expand the kingdom. You see, your greatest place of fulfillment isn't in the wilderness. It's in the promised land, that place where you're being used of God to displace the enemy to move him out of the way and to bring the kingdom of God into the earth, into the lives of all of those that you're around, into wherever you're assigned. If you're on the ninth floor of whatever office building or the hospital or whatever where you work, you need to say, you know what, this is where I've been placed. I'm going to see where my assignment's here. Why has God placed me here? And I'm going to drive out the devil wherever I see him. If I see something wrong going on here, that's my assignment to pray over until I break its power. And I am looking for open doors to speak where I need to speak, to say what has to be said, to make an influence where I can make an influence. You see, that's the kind of mindset that we need to have and we need to begin to recognize that's what we have been called to do. We've been called to go out, use the power that we have, not just in the church building. We've got to get out of the salt shaker and get into the earth and make a difference with our prayers, with our faith, with our standing and believing God for a miracle, not just for us, but for where God's placed us, you see. Another thing we see is that in the Old Testament that where the Israelites went forward, Into the promised land, the enemy was bigger than they were. And you see, that's the way it is in this life. The problem is everybody in the church world looks around and they go, oh, it's so bad. Oh, look how big the enemy is. Oh, look at this. Things are getting worse. We're getting smaller. We're getting smaller. Remember what they said? They're so big and we're so small. That's the attitude of so many Christians today. They're so big. They're so big. Oh, they're so big. Oh, what can we do? Oh, look at this bad happening. Oh, look, everything's going in the wrong direction. Oh, the, oh, look, terrible. You know what? It's going to keep going into the wrong direction until believers begin to say, hey, wait a second. Why don't I do something about it? Why don't I at least start where I am and God's placed me? And I see myself not as just somebody that's under the clouds of whatever happens in that day, but I'm somebody that rises above the clouds And I'm believing and using my faith, my prayers, my influence, my resources, everything God's given me to make a difference where I am. God will use you. You might go, I don't know how to do that. Hang around somebody that does, right? Praise God. Find out. Find out. Keep coming to church here on Sunday. You're going to find out. And then there's this term drive out in the Old Testament. They were to drive out the enemy. And Jesus what he do? It says that Jesus, in the New Testament, drove out demons. I don't see how anybody could not get the connection between that. Drive out the enemy. In fact, God says, if you'll go forward, if you'll be willing, I'm actually, you're fighting, but I'm actually the one doing the work. I'm actually driving them out. You need to rise up, though. You need to take initiative, though. But if you'll do that and believe me and trust me and pray... When you get in a hard situation, you pray harder, and you just trust me. You do that, guess what? I'll drive them out, but you've got to take the initiative. And then Jesus, what does he do? He drives out demons. And what does he teach his disciples to do? To drive out demons. Again, I don't see how anybody can miss the connection from driving out the enemy in the Old Testament and Jesus driving out the enemy in the New Testament. We have been called to drive out the enemy through the power of God, through believing God. I believe fully we're supposed to drive out the enemy to possess whatever ground we've been given, where we've been placed in our territory, and we're supposed to demolish strongholds that have been built in people's lives and in their structures, maybe on the ninth floor of your office building or wherever. We need to believe God to get whatever needs to be done to bring these things down. We need to see this as a part of our assignment. You don't need to go into something and go, oh, that's just the way it is. I can't wait to church on Sunday. No, all week long, you're on assignment doing something for God. Jesus told his disciples in Luke 10:19, I give you power over all the power. You see, the enemy has power. God's given you power bigger than that power, right? Now, Jesus said that while he was in the earth and he told his disciples who were with him. But he said, guess what? It's going to be even better when I go away. Because when I go away, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you in a measure even greater than what's been happening right now. He says this in Acts 1.8, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and you shall receive Power, power, that same power that Jesus had that came upon him, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. I'm telling you, demons will tremble at that power if they only would ever see it. The only way they're going to see that power is if it comes through the vessels that have it. And the only way we're going to have it is to go back to God, to know that's ours and to start walking in it. Have you got a measure? grow. Press into the Lord. Begin to step out. Watch. As you begin to step, your faith is going to grow. You're going to connect with God. The Holy Spirit will begin to come upon you more and more as you take steps. You see, the Holy Spirit came upon us to do something. I fully believe the less we do, the, the less experience of the Holy Spirit we begin to have. As they went forward, the Holy Spirit came upon them. Now, we always have the Holy Spirit from being born again, if you're born again. But the Holy Spirit came upon them in Acts 1, 8, and where, where he was talking about it, and then when it actually happened, to do the works. So why would the Holy Spirit be upon us to do the works if we're not even willing to do the works? And I believe as we go forward and we're willing to do the works, there's going to be a greater outpouring. I love that scripture that I've shared many times where after the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the, the disciples were resisted and accused and threatened. And they said, we're going to go back out and we're going to keep on ministering. And it says the Holy Spirit was poured out again when they made that decision. And it shook the place. You see, when we decide we're going forward, when you decide, you know what? I'm not just going to sit around at work anymore. I'm not just going to sit around with with this mess that I see going on in a part of my neighborhood. I'm not just going to say, oh, well, no, I'm going to take that as my assignment. And I'm going to start to believe God. When you start to do that and you start to engage, watch the Holy Spirit begin to come on you in a new dimension. It will happen because the Holy Spirit comes on us to do the works of God. Paul said this, the weapons of our warfare aren't weak and natural. They're spiritual, full of might. They're powerful and they can destroy demonic stronghold. That is amazing. So I want to encourage you, get out of the salt shaker and get into the earth engage somewhere, start doing something, start believing God for a difference. Begin to tell people about Christ. Begin to pray about whatever situation's going on. If you see something, you know, going on at work, don't just gossip about it. Again, make it your assignment. Something negative is happening in your neighborhood. You know, don't just get upset and go, oh, you know, why is that happening? Why are those bad people? Start praying and believing God for an intervention. Amen. Believe God for something good. We're in a dark hour; it's definitely a dark hour. Satan's been taunting the church. It's like Goliath. You remember the story about Goliath? Goliath was going, "You're nobody. You're so little. Y'all are nothing." And what were the, what was the army of God, the army of God doing in front of that man, shaking in their boots? You know, and here comes a, you know, David, a young boy. In his teens, his early teens. And David says, who is that guy that doesn't know God? He, he has no covenant with God, and we do. Look how we're acting, and look how he is. And that's essentially what David said. Look, I have a covenant with God. How is it? How is this going on? So David rises up, and he takes the giant down. I believe this is an hour when we need to have that kind of mindset where, we're, where we look at the Goliaths of this world right now, yelling and saying, oh, y'all are nothing. We're getting bigger and bigger, stronger and stronger, more and more dark, more and more evil. We need to shake ourselves and say, wait a minute. Who does he think he is? He's darkness. There's power in darkness, but there's more power in the light. The light in me is stronger than the darkness in him. You see? And we need to begin to say the weapons we've been given are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. We've been given what we need to get the job done. We just need to have the right mindset. God's doing something new. It's not just going to be in the buildings. It's going to be way beyond that, I believe. And I believe we're going to see a tremendous ingathering. And it's going to be because God's outpouring. But it needs to start with people who are ready. You remember when Jesus came after the resurrection? It was a new day, but the disciples didn't know it. You know, they're all sad. Oh, where's Jesus? Even after he rose from the dead. Oh, who stole his body? I wonder where his body is. And then they had to grasp, oh, it's a new season. It took days for them to get it. It's a new season. It's going to be different. And then they had to be in that new mindset. The Holy Spirit's getting ready to be poured out. You see, it started out, they had to wake up to the new season, but then they had to align with it. Because the Holy Spirit did not get poured out except that they were first praying and ready to go forward. Could you imagine the Holy Spirit being poured out on a people who are just walking around moping and saying, oh, look at the man you know, could you imagine Peter and John crying, oh, and then the Holy the Pentecost happened. No, it didn't happen that way. They were praying, they were looking to God, they know the season's different, they're not seeing anything happen yet, but they believe it and they're connected. That's what has to take place in this hour. People are going to have to go from not even realizing that there's been a breakthrough to coming through that place where they go, whoa, breakthrough is here. And they're going to have to begin to align because the greater outpouring is still yet to come. So I want to encourage you, shake yourself this morning. It's a new day. It's a new hour. God's going to be doing things differently. Be willing to disconnect from the past. Start to connect with what God's got for you right now and what God's bringing this church into if those of you that are part of our church and begin to take steps forward as God leads. It's going to be amazing where we end up if we're just willing to trust and obey. We're going to end up there.